0: to Raising Queens, not just a podcast, it's a movement. Here's your host, Carmen Rosas, a mom, entrepreneur, and Queen Bee with a love for boba tea and random dance parties. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Queens. Uh, We are here with episode number nine with Julie, and I didn't even ask how you pronounce your last name, but we're going to go with Julie Schechter. You nailed it. Sweet. (laughs) Julie is a Harvard Law graduate and relationship wellness expert focusing on loneliness, millennial isolation, and how we can foster strong long-distance connections with our networks. She's also the founder and CEO of Small Packages, a curated care package company that sends love when you cannot be there in person. Julie's work and opinions have been featured in numerous international publications, including The Every Girl, Elite Daily, and she was recently awarded a visionary women grant by Shark Tank's Barbara Corcoran. Congrats. Um, Thank you you so much for being here. And Julie, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and um, small
1: packages? Absolutely. So like you said, I started out as an attorney and then left the law for a life of entrepreneurship. Um, My first company was a ballet fitness company, which was a lot of fun. And I launched small packages in December of 2018. We've been going strong since then and we are a curated care package company. So whether someone that you love is, you know, having a birthday or a new baby or something not as good like a breakup, we have gifts that are tailored for exactly that that you can send in just a snap and be there when you can't.
0: Awesome. I love that idea. Now when we first, you know, initially chatted when we we're talking about having you on, um I was like this is so great especially because the times that we're in, right? And you know, everyone is social distancing and, you know, isolation and all that fun and exciting stuff. But even, you know, I think it's super important um, because I have, like, I live 20 minutes from some of my best girlfriends. And when, even when we weren't social distancing and stuck in our homes, I just, with my schedule being a mom, you know, running two businesses a podcast and all that, you know, exciting stuff. Um, It was just, it's hard to get out. And I would love to say, like, I could go out and pick out items and create a cute little basket and deliver it to my girlfriends. But the truth of the matter is, is I can't, right? Or they live so far away that I, you know, it's a struggle, you know, I can't just fly out there and visit them whenever I want. And so sending them, you know, a little gift in the mail, or, you know, just a token of, hey, I'm thinking of you, even if it's, you know, not for a specific purpose. purpose. Um, I think that's really
1: awesome. Thank you, yeah, that's exactly what we're going for. We have such mile long to-do lists no matter what we're doing or (laughs) what stage we are in life. And I found myself just repeatedly having that situation where I was like, oh, I can't be there in person. I wanna do something to make sure that they know that I love them and I'm thinking of them during this time. And then it just would never happen. <laughs> so we wanted to make sure that didn't happen to anybody else.
0: Very cool. So um, tell me a little bit, and I'm going to get into questions, but I just want to kind of share with the audience. Um, tell me a little bit about how the website works. Like, is it, do we, and I've been on there already, so I know how it, how it works, but, you know, i let you share. Um, how does it
1: work? So when I go to the website, what's the next step? Yeah, so we purposely set it up to be super easy. So you come to the site and you pick what kind of box you want to send depending on what's going in the life going on in the life of your loved one. So is it a sympathy occasion, did they move into a new house? And then you pick a price point. So all of the boxes come in three different price points, uh, 35, 50 and 100 just depending on what your budget is for the occasion. And then you type in the note that we then handwrite in the card that goes along with the box. And that's it. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, super simple, like super easy,
0: like user-friendly for sure, I noticed that. And I really like the price points, just my own personal opinion, because I feel like they're super reasonable, right? Depending on like whatever stage you are, or whatever your budget is, or however you know, because I do talk about being intentional with your money, and so you know, fitting that into something um, that falls within your price point, but also being able to kind of share or send something. So, I really love that. Um, so, we are raising queens, and so the first question I want to ask you is, What does it mean to be a queen?
1: I think it means like you were just saying, to be intentional about what you're doing, not just with your money, but with your power. I think we all have a lot more power than we realize, than we give ourselves credit for. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be power in the way that we normally think about it, financial or, you know, power to make other people do things or, you know, influence like that. I think we all have the power to, connect with other people, to lift other people up. I mean, that's really what I'm trying to do with this company is give people a little bit more of an avenue to sort of act on that ability to form connections, to form community. Because I think that's so, so crucial.
0: Yeah, um, and I really love that. And I know that, you know, just kind of going back to thinking about friends, that I've had, you know, from like middle school or elementary school, right, where um, they no longer live in state. Or even high school friends, right, college friends, they no longer live in state, and so meeting up with them is a little bit difficult. Or even, you know, friends that I've met in adulthood, just because you know you're in New York, right, and I'm in California. We live in very expensive places, and sometimes people can't afford, you know, to continue living in these places, or they just choose not to, right? Again, being intentional with how they're spending their money, they'd rather take a trip and live in you know, say Texas or something or, you know, because I have lots of friends who have moved there. Um, But being able to keep in touch and just friendships overall. So I want to go into that a little bit um, about, especially because we have some young girls on here, teens, right, where they're establishing their friendships and little tokens of, I guess, affection is what we want to call it, or um, like, like small packages, or even the handwritten notes, right? Like when you get snail mail, you get a card in the mail, and you're like, oh, how sweet, like, because we live in a you know a digital age where it's text message email is the most common people hardly ever get on the phone or even have you know face-to-face interaction just because the way life is set up um but i want to go just to kind of like the importance of having friendships or establishing them but also knowing when maybe they're not meant to kind of continue on or where you like how to let those go. and so just i guess the evolution of friendships <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a big topic. Yeah, I mean, it is really crucial to kind of establish how you're going to keep those friendships up, right? Like all different friendships have different currencies, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody that you see every day, it's kind of enough just to lean on that in-person contact, right? I'll see you at the grocery store. I'll see you when we pick up our kids together, you know, like whatever that happens to be. But when someone does move away. It really does take a lot more intentionality to kind of keep that bond going. That's one of the very, you know, kind of silver linings that I've seen come out of this whole social distancing thing we're enduring right now is, you know, a lot of people who have phone anxiety or who hate to like make those calls, myself included sometimes, you know, now we're so starved for human connection. Like, I'm timing with my best friends every day, right? Like <laughs> at the drop of that. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get on the phone with me. Yeah. So I think it's just being really, really smart about maintaining all of those things. And then when it comes to, you know, people kind of being in your life for a season, sometimes the fact that you don't want to call them, you don't feel like putting in that effort is maybe a sign that those, that that friendship has maybe run its course right sometimes it's on you and you're just kind of fighting the work a little bit but sometimes it is an indication and I think you have to pay attention to that energy if you don't want to pick up the phone why is that you know maybe there's a reason yeah
0: yeah no absolutely so I know that you know initially I said intentional with money right and so I have I have my book out and I talk about just living with intention whether it is with in regards to how you spend your money how you spend your time right the activities you partake in the people you surround yourself with, so I think that that you know is super important. When you start realizing um, that maybe interactions with certain individuals, or when you engage with them, you're now drained, or you're exhausted, or you're just like, I really don't want to give you any of my time and attention, then maybe that's a sign, right, that they are not contributing in a positive way to your life. And so, then asking yourself, what is the purpose? Of this relationship and you know and sometimes right um because i've struggled with this and you know i don't know if you can relate but i've had friends you know since i was like 13 and we come to a point in our lives where we just no longer have anything in common maybe it's because you know i went down a different career path or i'm now a mom or we just kind of went apart and there was a, a big part of me that wanted to hold on to that relationship because it was 20 plus years old right and so recognizing when sometimes letting go is is good and then allowing people like the new energy to come in right or build new friendships that you can kind of curate in a way that fits your life now or the person that you've become and grown into
1: yeah absolutely i would say that's definitely that definitely rings true and i think in addition to the fact that sometimes you kind of have to call it on a relationship that isn't working for you anymore, it's also okay to just take really big pauses, whether or not you articulate to the other person that that's what's happening, or you, you know, be really explicit about it. You know, it might be that someone has a really young child and you don't. And so there's not a lot of overlap. terms of life experience but also just schedules right Mm -hmm. that's not to say that you can't kind of pick up where you left off with that person in a couple of years when things have slowed down for them you know like friendships don't have to you know be worth their weight in gold because you talk to that person every single day right right
0: no absolutely no i'm thinking just kind of you know i'm you know 36 so my friends have, some of them have, you know, most of them have been already, have been married already. Some of them have been married, divorced a couple of times, right? And even if it's not a divorce, a breakup, right? Um, Sitting with people when they're going through a healing process and they don't necessarily want to be, um, don't want people around right so sometimes you just kind of want to curl up and you want to sleep and you just don't want to be bothered right um and i know that we talked about this like oh my girlfriend broke up with her boyfriend and she's out in like a different state and i can't be there but let me ship her a care package right like this that's easy something that i know that she would enjoy and then we can jump on a zoom and drink wine together and let her just you know cry or talk or whatever it is but also recognizing, you know, like you said about the pause, that um, sometimes that is necessary, right? Not necessarily for the friendship itself, but just for an individual, right? And then respecting that space. So I absolutely, you know, I totally agree with that because I have a friend who is going through a divorce and I was just kind of like, she's been really quiet, like what's going on, but didn't, and I was like, how are you? She's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm great. But I wouldn't hear from her. And then that's just kind of, you know, questioning okay, what is happening in this situation? And about a month later, you know, she kind of came around and was like, hey, I just really needed to take some space. And thank you for still being here, even though I wasn't, you know, showing up the way that I could have or should have or maybe you would have liked me to communicate and i was like i totally understand i get it like we all have our moments right and so being mindful and respectful of other people's situations right and i think there's what is the quote it's like um this is going to be horrible like you may not always see them and it's related to stars and i'm going to totally screw this up like you may not always see them but you know they're there right like one of those things Yeah. and this is when you know a care package would be great to come in hand you know to send out. Uh, sure.
1: Yeah. I when people are in those circumstances I'm a really big fan of the um no response needed text. Mm-hmm. So like literally being explicit about just like texting them whenever you think of them just emojis or funny quotes or whatever and then just literally putting at the end of it like You don't have to respond. I love you. You know, I'm here when you want to come back or when you want to resume. In the meantime, please enjoy these gifts (laughs) that you did not ask for. (laughs) Right. But who doesn't love gifts anyways? Like, right? (laughs) I think you're
0: the universal language. (laughs) Right. Um, So why don't you tell me a little bit about, um, so I know you are a relationship wellness expert, right? And you focus on loneliness and millennial isolation. Like, Let's talk a little bit more about
1: this millennial isolation, because it's definitely a thing, right? Like <laughs> It is definitely a thing, absolutely. Yeah, we're kind of in an odd circumstance, our sort of large cohort, because we're one of the first generations to ever move away from our communities of origin and stay away from them right so we move for school whether it's undergrad or graduate work or for partners or for jobs that we take right like we're a really mobile generation but once we land wherever we're going we don't usually have the time or the money to be able to constantly be jetting back to wherever we're from or wherever our friends are you know our groups are pretty scattered as well right. and then we also are often raising young families without the support of, you know, mom and dad and aunts and uncles and like sort of all of these support structures that, you know, have been there in the past so that people feel kind of locked into something bigger than they are. Yeah. And so we really have seen this uptick in people feeling really isolated and it has a huge impact on your physical and mental health as well. It's, you know, it leads to higher rates of anxiety, depression, heart disease, all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's kind of what we are working on with small packages. The care packages being, you know, an important but kind of small part, honestly, of recognizing that this is a phenomenon that's happening and it's real, no matter how connected, air quotes, right. we are on social media. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, so there's so much of that. So two things. Well, yesterday I was on a hike um, and um, when I was, you know, was processing some things. And when I came back, I jumped on the phone with a friend and we were talking about how our society, um, there's like how there's now a stigma with people who may have to move back home because of a divorce, because of financial situation, because they move whatever it is right there's and this again living in california it's not the cheapest place to live and if you're coming back to live in silicon valley um the le- you know like you you may need to get reestablished and you know move in with your parents for a bit but just kind of the stigma that society as a whole puts on people for going back to their family unit right it's it's very interesting and fascinating that i feel like as As humans we are supposed to you know or uh, mammals I guess we're supposed to be living in community right like there's other tribal places where they are like the entire literally the entire village raises all of the children right it's a joint effort everyone has their role and it's just like masses and groups of people and here is very individual you know like it's all about you 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 which it's separate from being like the self-care taking care of your needs things like that right that's a whole separate issue but it's just very individualized in terms of I guess like end game end result that hustle that grind the go-go and I'm sure you know practicing law you probably saw some of that because as attorneys like there's this constant like hustle hustle mentality like I want to you know climb the corporate ladder I want to make partner I want to like It's all me, 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 right? And so we're having this conversation about how crazy it is that society places the stigma on people for having to, having to, right? Um, The air quotes again, return to their family unit. And then I think about I'm a single mom. I would love to live home at home with my parents if they had the space because my daughter would get to see her grandparents all the time. Like they would get to see my younger brother, who, you know, her uncle, who's 16 lives at home still. Um, like we wouldn't have to worry about like scheduling or things like that. Like it would just kind of flow naturally and everybody would feel supported because people would all have their roles and it just would be amazing. And so we, you know, any thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, and then I guess going into like the loneliness and isolation, right? So if you don't have that family unit, Um, I don't know if there are statistics or if we know anything about higher rates of like depression amongst millennials I don't know if that's a thing or um, Or if you even know it, but I just kind of popped into my head as we were talking Um, But just kind of the loneliness and just the isolation alone Like trying to rebuild that community and establish roots
1: if we have to pick up and leave or then come back Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you that the stigma exists I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, where do they come from? <laughs> I, you know, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I think one of the values that we really prize in this country is independence, mm-hmm. and another is self-determination. And I think those are beautiful things. Like, I would never not value either of those, right. but I don't think that they have to come at the expense of community in a way that it seems clear that they are right now. I mean, one of the statistics that I do know is over 30% of millennials now are reporting feelings of extreme isolation, Mm. which is a lot, right? For an entire generation to basically be saying, the way that we're setting up our society really, really is not working for us. Mm. So I think one of the answers is just, the first step is admitting there's a problem, (laughs) (laughs) any kind of other issue, and then looking at it and saying, okay, the way we've been doing this isn't necessarily great. What can we do in order to take steps forward to rebuild these communities? Whether it is going home, whether it is readjusting your expectations about what success looks like. We're seeing, I think, a pretty large number of very successful, high-earning millennials moving away from cities like New York and San Francisco and LA and instead setting up shop in places like Philadelphia and, you know, like you were mentioning in Texas Mm -hmm. in places where they can establish, um, enclaves of, you know, general generational wealth in the form of community and family. Yeah. You
0: know, it's something that just also came to right now when you're speaking about about that, you know, even people who want to, you know, start a family or have children and raise them, if you're living in, you know, places like San Francisco, New York, um, again, cost of living, right? The cost to actually raise a child in any of those cities, right? So you're not necessarily building that family unit because you're like, it's too expensive, right? Or you're limiting it to one just because you're like, we just can't afford it. Um, So I think that that's that's super important. Just, yeah, all of the isolation and the reduction of community, Thinking, I guess, is I don't know if that's the correct word, but just that idea of like it's almost like it costs too much to create the family, to create the community, and it's sad, like <laughs> it's really sad, you know. And there, like, of course, there's a difference between choosing to not have a family, and that's everyone's, you know, right, but it's if you want to, but you can't afford it, like that type of, you know, situation. Um, yeah. Um, And let's talk about, so aside from, you know, sending a care package or, you know, a small package, um, what are some ways that you maybe suggest or advise um, how, as, you know, individuals or we're going to go with that, can't, how can we foster, you know, our long distance connections um, or even, you know, if they're not even long distance right now, you know, maybe it's local people that, you know, with social distancing and all that fun stuff. um, What are some ways aside from, you know, sending a care package that you think we can foster those relationships a little bit more?
1: Yeah. I think one of the most important ones, even though it sounds so elementary is to make those things, those times that you connect a priority and then to schedule around that, right? So the way that life is set up right now, we could have completely blocked out Google calendars at the drop of a hat <laughs> if we wanted to. And then like you were saying, have so much trouble finding a day to meet people who only we live, you know, 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So what I have often tried to do is to just set up a recurring event that after a couple of weeks you start to plan other things around. So last time I lived, I live in New York now, but when I lived in LA last, I had Monday night dinner with my girlfriends and that was like a sacred time. We like kind of, you know, cycled around to different people's houses. Um, But if you choose a moment where usually not a lot of other stuff is going on and you make it a ritual, that tends to make it easier to protect that time. And of course, sometimes if you don't live near someone, it can't be in person, but that could be a FaceTime call. That Mm -hmm. could be, you know, a video chat or whatever, whatever you want it to be.
0: Yeah. I really like that. Like I let, you know, and I don't know why I'm never, I mean, so a lot of my girlfriends that I get together with, we all have kids. I think my daughter might be the youngest now but she just turned five and so but we have like between five and ten year olds and you know life happens and you know so we we used to get it on the calendar at least once a month you know like first saturday of the month we would do a brunch at someone's house bring the kids and we would rotate and then it kind of fell off, but that was working. It was like, okay, consistently we knew that this is happening. This was, you know, we did it like, you know, repeating event, and we just showed up. And yeah, it takes a little bit of, you know, reorganizing sometimes, or, you know, if the kids have soccer or sports, dance, whatever it is, just, oh, there's my alarm. <laughs> um, if the kids have sports or something like that, right, um, re, like, working our schedule around that, or event, if, and if that couldn't be moved, knowing far, you know, enough in advance that we could then shift it, um, but I think that that's really important, especially, um, and you know what, I think that that's, I think one kind of silver lining in all of this is that, we were always so like, oh, I can't meet in person, I can't meet in person. It's like, well, what was wrong with us just FaceTiming in the first place? Or what was wrong, you know, with us jumping on a Zoom call and having like six of us together and toasting that way? Or, but I think that so many people were like, oh, it had to be done in person. And so I think that this entire situation is allowing people to kind of adjust to modern times I don't know you know like you know we have the we have the technology now yes it's amazing and great to meet in person and have you know that in-person connection but with our schedules and distance and people moving away also being okay with um doing the facetimes or and knowing that that's just as important as like an in-person dinner
1: yeah (laughs) absolutely Well, I think one of the things we've noticed in the past, you know, month or however long it's been since we've been doing social distancing, I don't know, time is a construct at this point, Right. but Um, (laughs) but we've noticed, I think the main difference is uh, between video calls and phone, right? Mm -hmm. So they say that the most important thing in relating to another person is being able to see their face, like being able to see the micro expressions that they're making and you know, seeing how they're delivering something, etc., like that's really like you were saying, as mammals, the thing that's like the bonding ritual between us. And so I just have to say that I take that as like
0: the universe confirming what it
1: is that we're talking about: the sounds of New York. <laughs> the sounds of New York, truly. I like I like to have my underscored <laughs> in that way. Truly, um, really, like so. You know, a video call is going to be so much more like calming, energizing, and, you know, allow us to bond so much more than even a phone call does. Although, of course, like that's even much better than text, et cetera. So we kind of have this whole hierarchy of options that are open to us now.
0: So this is really fascinating. So I have been one of those people who don't like to jump on calls. I, yet I'm doing a podcast and here we are, but I'm not the person who, but, but right. I'm also doing it via video. So I don't, you know, obviously the people listening on, um, to just the audio cannot see us, but the YouTubers will be able to see the video of us. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I'm one of those people who don't like to get on a phone call. Um, maybe it's just, you know, but I also understand the misinterpretation that can happen via text, right? And I have one girlfriend who FaceTimes me all the time, whether she's driving, you know, like has it just up and I can very, like, I can see the top of her eyes or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm always, at first when it happened, it, I had that, like, why are you FaceTiming me if like, you know, like if you want to talk, just call. But I I think part of it was me forgetting that we have that option to have that in like face-to-face communication where she could see if I was like zoned out and lost, or I thought that her idea was crazy or what she was thinking was like, you know, and I had to bring her back down. And I was, now that you're saying it, I was like, that makes sense because I am the kind of person who talks with my hands. My thoughts are on my face. Like you can, like, even if I'm not saying it, you know exactly what I'm thinking just by looking at my facial expressions, right, and so that is actually fascinating for me because I hadn't
1: actually thought about it in that way um yeah <laughs> it's a good um it's a good sort of handle to put on ourselves too mm-hmm. because I absolutely am the person you know like I have a bunch of business stuff I need to be doing. Like I'm so guilty of like trying to multitask Sometimes, not because I don't love the person that I'm talking to on the phone, but because I'm like panicked about getting something done, but I can't do anything else while I'm sitting here talking to you. I would, right? But that means like we have each other's full attention. And not only do you communicate better that way, but even to yourself, there's just this level of like It lowers your blood blood pressure. Like you're thinking about one thing, you're doing one thing, and that is connecting, and that just is such a, I don't know, such a much more beautiful way to do it. Yeah. Oh, it's so. (laughs) The fact that you bring up
0: multitasking, right? So the other day I was on the phone with a guy that I'm talking to, and I just I'm on the phone, right? So we're not Facetiming, so he can't see what I'm doing, I can't see what he's doing, but we. I have my laptop in front of me, and I pull it up, and I'm on the phone still. And but I have my head, like my AirPods in, so I'm hands free, and I'm like, oh, what do I do with my hands because I'm not talking and no one can see me. So I go in and I check my email on a Saturday night, and I like space out, and he's like, you still there? And I was like, oh yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what did I just do, right? And it's funny because if we look, you know, a lot of like getting to know yourself, right? Um, I, are you familiar with the five love languages? Yes, I Okay. Um, So mine is <laughs> quality time, which I find fascinating because I'm on the phone. We're probably a good two and a half hours in on this conversation and it's going really well. But for whatever reason, my like squirrel brain decides, oh, my laptop, Sarah, hands are free and let me check my email. And I'm no longer present and paying attention to the conversation that I'm having, right? There's also no accountability, I guess, <laughs> from another person because they can't see me. Um, but yeah, I think that that is fascinating. So all of you guys who are doing phone calls, just set up a FaceTime or a Zoom because they're going to be more, they're going to pay more attention to
1: you. (laughs) I think it's real. It is honestly. And again, another small silver lining coming out of this whole situation is I think we are much more forgiving of each other now and much more open to seeing each other's bedroom situations and little kids coming in and like all of this stuff before that I think we felt we kind of had to like have on lockdown and have this like very polished, you know, self that we had to present to the world. And now we're all like, I don't know, I'm doing my best. How are you? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So it's funny. So
0: I was doing a series of Facebook live videos and my girlfriend keeps sending me, um, I don't know, on Instagram, um, Kim Kardashian, post videos where her daughter keeps coming in. She's like, and Northwest and button. And I was like, and my girlfriend keeps sending them to me because I was doing a series of Facebook lives, talking about a chapter in each of my book and a, a chapter a day of my book. And then I did a three day challenge where I'm talking about how you can actually get your legacy in place. And, um, the documents that you need. And my daughter kept popping in. And the first time I was just like, oh my God, how am I going to get anything done? The second time I was like, okay, let's see how we can get her to like pop in and then pop back out. She can say hello, you know, so she's, you know, getting the attention and then she'll go back. And um, And so by the end of the week, everybody was like, oh, she's so cute. And they're saying hi to her. And I'm like, okay, sweet. We're doing it this way. Like, every, you know, and a friend of mine, he was, you know, he asked me, you know, the first day, how did it go? And I was like, she kept popping in. I didn't, he's like, everybody's working from home. Everybody's dealing with the same thing. And I think that, you know, you're saying like, everyone's more forgiving now because it's like, okay, I'm not doing this alone. Everybody else may have piles of laundry in their corner that they just don't want to deal with. Right. Everyone has, stacks of paper, their kitchen's a mess, whatever it is, the kids are running around, everyone's in their PJs all day, and, you know, we don't have to get dressed and go to work, and no judgment, right, because, right, what, even though we're quote-unquote, you know, air quotes connected via social media, via, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, um, it's our highlight reels that we're posting, right, it's everything that's great, like, nobody's popping, I mean, some people do treat the platforms as almost a dear diary, you know, where they're having moments and they kind of air all of their information. But for the most part, everybody's like, my life is so great, don't you wish you were like me, right? And um, so I think, you know, yeah, the silver lining is that everybody is just doing the best that we can (laughs) and no judgment. Um, But yeah, um, it's amazing, you know, and I think that we're so fortunate to be able to connect with each other in this way, right? Like I think back to, when people could only write letters and it went for like, how long? I don't know how long it took, you know, say from like New York to San Francisco, how long a letter would take or even making a phone call, what that required. Um, so I think that we're super fortunate and,
1: and we're just we're lucky to have the technology at our fingertips during this time. Absolutely. I'm so glad we have all these different mediums. Now it's just a matter of which one do we wanna use at which moment, hopefully in person, gets back in the flow at some point. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> I joke with my friends because I I feel like I'm naturally an introvert. Um, I like to be home. Um, I'm also just super sensitive to energies. And so I don't go, I don't really like big crowds because it's really draining. And is I'm just like, I don't really feel like going out. I just want to be home. And I, t- I joke with my friends. I'm like, I promise that the next time you invite me out, like, I will say yes. Like, I will leave my house. Because although I'm an introvert by nature, like, being told, one, that I can't leave other than to go to my backyard or go for a walk outside or, you know, something like that, like, being told that I can't do something. Definitely triggers the inner rebel in me, right? And maybe that's what it is—is is I'm not really an introvert, but people are asking me out. I'm just gonna be like, no, just for the heck of it, right? Who knows? Like, that's something that I'll have to work on. But I'm just like, mm-hmm. let me out. Like, I want people. Like, where are the people? <laughs> and you and
1: me both, sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh man.
0: Um. So one more question for you. Um. And I think, you know, in terms of legacy right because this is something that we're talking about um raising you know raising queens is all about being very intentional with how we live our lives stepping into our power right which is um not necessarily being like rude and demanding but doing something in which we have great boundaries and are able to voice our opinions and our thoughts and whatever our truths are um but also living in a way that would create our legacy, right? The way in which people remember us. So, t- so what are your thoughts on how, you know, whether it's small packages or just kind of the work that you're doing in the world can contribute to um, someone's legacy? Like what,
1: yeah. Well, I think the main thing that I'm trying to do right now is just to foster connection in any possible way. That's what I'm trying to do with small packages, but it's also what I was trying to do with my previous company. And I think the main thing that I want to contribute or that I want to say on that topic is that you don't have to pick one. Like it really can be, um, it really can be a series of contributions that you make over your life and the way they look can change from moment to moment. So, you know, I was an attorney, then I had one business, now I have another, which I'm very excited about and plan to work on for a very long time, but who knows what the future holds. And I think as long as you have the underlying ideas, fostering connections, you know, helping build communities, the way in which you do it doesn't matter as much.
0: Yeah. And you know what? So one thing that really stood out to me when I was thinking about the question um, and asking it to you was, so I do an, what, an, an obituary exercise with my coaching clients, right? Because I want them to really think about if you were to die today, what would people say about you, right? And so um, whether or not you're actually living that out on a day-to-day basis, living out your dreams and how you want to be remembered. So we look at if you died today, how would you be remembered? Like what would people say about you Um, and then we think about their dreams and goals and if they passed having accomplished even like three of those what shift would what shift there would be in their obituary but and so in talking about that right I do estate planning so planning for death and we do obituary and you know living stuff but part of it is when I think about when I pass how many people have I connected with? How many people have I, do I have a relationship? Like who is going to show up at my funeral, right? Cons- you know, assuming that there's not a pandemic and they're limiting it to 10, um, how many people would show up at my funeral like is it going to be just you know was you know was I just a total jerk and people didn't really like me and so I have maybe just 10 if I'm lucky or maybe it's my parents and my brothers if they love me and they're still alive at that time right um or is it people spilling out of the you know the chapel or the church or you know at the cemetery wherever it is that you know they end up doing my service but it's thinking about how many people will i have impacted will i have connected to will i have developed developed some sort of relationship with right and so when i think about relationships and community right obviously it's one like who am i impacting whether it's you know with the podcast my book and my clients friends and family um but even with little gestures like this right like i had a friend whose father just passed away, right? And I I have clients who pass away like consistently and it's like, I can't get out to see them or to be with them, but just sending like a small token of, hey, I'm thinking of you during this time, whatever that may be, whether it's a joyful celebration or whether it's, you know, a grievance of some sort. Um, but that's what I see small packages allowing people to do is just connect, right? On a very personal level. And I think that that, you know, like the handwritten note is genius. Um, I think it's great because even when you order flowers, right, you want to send someone flowers, it's not very often that they handwrite the note. It's a typed up printed You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's sweet that, you know, maybe they picked the drop down box or something like that. And that's the message that's on there still, you know, there was thought put into it, but it doesn't sit the same as if you get like a handwritten note because it's the person orders the flowers or the package, right? They set the intention of what they want the message to say. Um, and then that person on the other end of it is then transcribing that message, like they're setting the intention that they're going to get this thing to somebody. Right. And so I think that the energy just kind of flows with it. And, um, yeah, I just feel like just, it's like little tokens, right? It's the little things, right? There's, you know, people say that all the time. It's the little things and it is. And if it's, you know, whether it's $35 or a hundred, depending on your, the package that you choose, I think that it's, it's going to mean something to the person that's receiving it. Um, and then that's how you just impact more people's lives. So I really love what you're doing with that. Um, <laughs> welcome. Um, so if you had one last thing to share with, like the young girls, with women in general who are, we do actually have some men listeners, but primarily focused on women, um, the women and the young girls that are listening um any last like words um in regards to maybe friendships or establishing like staying connected
1: um that's not social media related absolutely i think my biggest tip and the thing that i really try to live by is True, both for establishing your friendships and your personal relationships, and also as valuable in business as you build your career. And that is to add value wherever you possibly can, right? So, whenever you meet somebody new, for your first thought to be, what can I do to move them further along without a lot of thought about how that's going to pay dividends back for you, et cetera? Because when you do that, A couple of years later you look back and you see this huge swath of people that you have paid into time and time again plus it's fun to be a connector it's kind of like a magic trick to know someone (laughs) to meet a graphic designer or an investor or a professor and to be able to say hey I know somebody like that I can put you two together solving a problem like that is just the best best feeling you can have so add value in relationships wherever you can. Yeah, I actually, I really, really love that. Yeah, it's, you know,
0: in talking, going back to legacy and community and, you know, impacting people, it's true, right? Everybody that you can come in contact with, right? It's as simple as like smiling, right? When you're walking down the street and you smile at someone and then they smile back and then they smile at someone else and then it's that trickle down effect, right? Um, Or I think about, you know, career-wise, like working with my clients, they learn tools, which then they can share with their family and friends. And that's that triple ripple effect. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that that's really great bringing value. And I think that when you, I love the, what you said about when you first meet someone asking, how can you help them move forward? Right. Versus what can I get from them? Like, what will they, what am, how am I benefiting from this? Um, because I think a lot of times, and especially in business, right. People who, you know, they're out networking and they're like, well, what can I get from you? Like, what do you have to provide? Or what do you have to offer me? Um, I guess even in, you know, when you're like dating or in relationships, like what am I, you know, (laughs) you know, like the, you know, not all women, but it's like, Oh, at least I can get a free dinner. And it's just like, "Mm," you know, there's these things where we have to just really think about it overall. Like, not being you know and this is where and we could probably talk forever about like selfishness and versus independence right and the difference between all of that but not having just like i guess that individualistic mindset where it's like how can i benefit and i don't care about anything or how anybody else will benefit from it so i think that's i think that's great um i really love that asking yourself what can i essentially contribute or you know how can i bring somebody else move them towards their best self, essentially, right?
1: Beautiful way to put it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so if they want to, you know, and I'll put it in the show notes, but just since we're here, if they want to look for you or find you and place an order with small packages, where do they go? How do they reach you?
1: Yeah, the easiest way is just go straight to our website, which is smallpackages.co
0: very nice. And it will be, there will be a link, um, in the show notes so you can access that. But, um, I feel like that's pretty simple. You guys could just go type it into your, your search bar right now. <laughs> um, go place an order, um, super cute packages, um, on there. And Julie, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. And, um, for those of you listening, go out and figure out how you can help other people, you know, reach their best selves and how you can you know show up and make that impact in the world so thank you again for being here and thank you all for listening and we will be back in with episode 10 I think we're on of Raising Queens and we'll talk soon bye